Welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree called Odd Numbers. My name is Nick. Every other Monday, my guest and I choose a theme, we play some music, and we chat. Sometimes there are tangents. Occasionally, we think of the things we wanted to say hours later. But it's always a fun talk, and I think you'll like it. Musicians are magic. I've always kind of felt this way, and talking to Kat Ridgeway, hearing how she writes music and having her play on the air, made me believe this even more. The theme for the show was the writing process, with all its anxiety and triumphs. It's even more so when you're writing the lyrics, the music, and then performing as well. Enjoy this chat with Cat. Cat Chat. Listen to this episode on your way to one of her shows or after a show. Just not during a show, that would be too meta. And now, on with the show. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My name is Nick, and actually you're listening to Odd Numbers. I always get this mixed up. So this is a show I do every other week. Odd Numbers is a show where I have a very special guest still, though, just like to a certain degree. This week, no exception, Kat Ridgeway is here. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. I know you are exhausted having just done the Wire and Wood Alpharetta Songwriters Festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we have an appropriate topic, though, for that after being at a songwriters festival. But first, let's talk about the song we just played. This was one of your choices uh, for the music for today. So yeah. uh, for this show, you help DJ. Oh, yeah. Big Thief with Mythological Beauty. I think it's just a really great song. Like it we were talking really nice. yeah, yeah, before we started, we were like, oh, it's such a good morning song. It's perfect for the morning. It, um, I, I like the theme too, mythical, mythological beauty. So we're going to talk about writing. Yeah. And so we're talking about in many ways, beauty. And in my case, when I'm trying to achieve it, it's mythological because mm-hmm. there's no way I'm ever going to achieve beauty of any kind when I'm writing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not self-effacing if it's true. <laughs> But let's talk a little bit about that. So, Kat, you are a musician. Um, Let me just read off some of the instruments uh, that you play. Guitar. Yes. Harmonica. Mm -hmm. Bass. Yep. Trumpet. Mm -hmm. Trombone. Yeah. Drums. (laughs) Yep. And piano. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Um, We did get a mandolin. I don't really know how to play anything other than, um, what is it, that R.E.M. song. (laughs) That's me in the corner. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, so mandolin. We're going to add Kinda. breaking news on odd numbers on WPRK. Cat Ridgeway, <laughs> mandolin. Well, that's good. Uh, so catridgeway.com, C-A-T Ridgeway.com. If you want to learn more about Cat, she's got some upcoming shows. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But really what we were going to do today was uh, harebrained schemes. And yeah. so that kind of morphed. And what I like about the show is we can morph into different things and change our minds. And we really shifted over to writing. Yeah. And sort of that idea of how do you come up with things? How do you write? And what happens when you get stuck on something? And yeah. like you can't finish it for whatever reason or you want to go back to it at some point. It becomes a uh, your white whale in a way to make a literary reference, <laughs> yeah. which is, I think, from... Um, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, uh, if I remember correctly. There's a white whale right. in, in that. I'm not, I don't remember, and I should, yeah. because that's honestly one of my favorite books. It, so I okay. should know that, but I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and... Perfect. 
<laughs> Wiggle. Perfect. Well, so the first one I wanted to start out with was one that I wish I'd, I, it wasn't so much that I um, want to change. I wish I'd stuck with it. Mm. So way back when in the 90s, uh, before you were born, there was something called America Online. Mm -hmm. And that was the way that people got on the internet. And so there were a lot of different channels on there, and I got to writing trivia for one of them, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's cool. And they needed stuff for, like, different columns. So I said, well, I just wrote this fake story. It was about a guy named Dr. Mangleheide, and he analyzes dreams. But he's not really a doctor. He just calls himself one. So he just wrote a book called The The Art of Dream Analysis. So it was like a, a glossary of all the things that you might dream about. Uh, and great cheesecake recipes. <laughs> and it was more of a pamphlet than a book, and it was available yeah. at Sears Automotive Centers. Uh, but the idea was that people would send me their dreams, and I would analyze them, even though I have no idea what I'm doing or anything along those lines. So That's it became, super cool. It was really neat. Like, there were uh, at least 250 people submitting dreams a week. Wow. On America Online for this character to analyze. I couldn't do all of them, obviously, yeah. so I only did about... You know, maybe 30 to 40 a week. So what you're telling me is in the 90s, you were actually famous. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was AOL famous in the 90s. The OG. Yeah. So that's a song right there. But I didn't stick with it. This is a, this is a character that would translate really well to Twitter. That would have translated really well to really any social media. He could have had yeah. a podcast. I just I, in many ways, I miss him. And every time I try to go back to him, just like ah, this just doesn't feel right like getting into character i don't know if it was because i didn't do enough acting classes or something along those lines but writing in a character yeah is tough for me have you ever done that with with songwriting have you ever tried to write it from like a different perspective Mm -hmm. yeah and actually i was gonna say too what's really been frustrating especially in the last couple of months is i save everything i try to so i have pack rat (laughs) yeah, yeah honestly yes <clears throat> I had to get um, an external hard drive just for like yeah. voice memos from my phone and whatever. But um, I went back and I listened to a bunch of stuff I wrote like back in middle school. Okay. And some of it, like just a handful, but there's some magic there. But then it's like when I try to go back and resurface those things and, and polish them, it just feels wrong. I'm like, no, like that exists in that space and it needs to sound like that. And it's just, it's hard to get back into. Oh, so wow. I, feel, okay. I feel you on that. It's, yeah. it's almost like a, a former version of yourself. And you're just like, I just, that exists. And right. you put it on a pedestal in your mind and you just kind of can't quite reach it again. But <laughs> I I think like in your case, it's, this is, it almost feels like writer's therapy that I'm about to like tell you. This but is just, good. This I know. is great. This is perfect. <laughs> but like, I think if you just start writing in the character for yourself like don't even post it anywhere just like slowly get to know him again yeah it'll that i feel like you'll get to where you want to be again and it may be you know the buff version of him maybe he's come along in the last yeah 20 25 (laughs) years for dr manglehide yeah the artist formerly known as Dr. Mangleheide. Maybe he has a new personality. Yeah. Or maybe he had to change his name to avoid the authorities. Yeah. There you go. It's very possible. Yeah. It's very, very possible. What's an example of a song? Because I'm thinking of um, uh, Ben Harper wrote a song Mm -hmm. that is completely, and this is probably the first time I'd heard something like that, but it's completely from a woman's point of view. 
Oh, that's cool. So I'm just wondering, when have you written a song This may be from somebody else's point of view mm-hmm. or from, you know, you're, you're trying to capture something that is uh, a really different uh, version of yourself, maybe? Yeah. Um, there are two songs in particular that come to mind. Um, number one, on my first record, which is <laughs> released under Catherine Ridgway, my former self, mm-hmm. Um I had a song, AKA, yeah, yeah. AKA. Yeah. Um, but I had a song written from the point of view of Holden Caulfield from catcher in the rye. Oh, okay. Um, and that was, that was pretty cool. It was a cool little exercise there. Um, but more recently, um, the song passenger seat off of the passenger seat EP, I, I had envisioned it being a duet and it was weird because I, I ended up writing the guy's part first and I could not for the life of me figure out how to get the girl's perspective and get it to feel right. And it took my writing partner, Ben Cooper, up in Nashville, a guy, to pull that out of me. Wow. And it was it was just so odd. But it's like, you know, I was just envisioning this relationship with these two characters and they just never quite met up. They just kind of drive past each other. And um, I think... There's there's beauty in both of those things where one you have this archetype of a character that's already created for you and you're yeah. fitting like this checklist of characteristics versus creating a character where you're like what would they do what would make for a more interesting story here um, and so those two songs I got those both of those opportunities and it was fun like just well, a you cool can, exercise you can get stuck in a character oh yeah like you can get because the analysis paralysis you feel in real life can very easily translate to someone you're trying to write for oh yeah um especially if you're trying to create that character the other thing that really struck me about um uh dr Mengelhide was like this idea that i you know people were supportive but they really didn't give me a lot of feedback like good feedback. Yeah, yeah. Like tr- constructive feedback. It was obviously popular. Yeah. Um, and I think it was funny. But again, mm-hmm. I think that so many things were coming in at the time and there was no one to really say, okay, what if you did this with it? What if you, you know, sort of that editing role, sort of that. Yeah. Do you ever find that, you know, you're looking for feedback or it would be nice to have that? So, you know, so you don't get so married to an idea that you just keep... <laughs> going down that path and hitting your head against a wall? Yes. Uh, I want to personally take five seconds to thank all of the five friends that I text every single song idea to <laughs> for your nice. patience. Thank you so much, you yeah, guys. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I try to springboard as much as I can because the thing is, as a songwriter, you want to create the best piece of art that you can. And sometimes you really have to step aside and, and let the art speak for itself. And that's hard to do because it's like the whole can you like too close to the forest, see all the trees, whatever the right. thing is. Right. But like, too yeah. close to the forest to fight your way out of a wet paper sack. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's like, I, I'll, I'll get like halfway through a song and I'm like, is, is this good? I think it's kind of good. I, I like, do I really think it's good? I can't even tell anymore. Cause you just hear it so many times you play through it so many times. It's and in then, your head. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just kind of like, I don't even know what this blob of idea is anymore. And, you send it to a bunch of people and you get some stuff back. And my brother actually is, has been a really great springboard as of late too. Cause he's gotten back into songwriting in the oh, last okay. like year and a half and growing up. I mean, he's the reason I got into music to begin with. And so we have like very similar music taste and mm-hmm. I'll send him ideas and he just built a studio in his like little apartment 
house thing. Apartment <laughs> house, in, yeah. Yeah. He, it's like a mother-in-law suite, you know, okay. where it's just yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, he lives out in Dallas. And so we, we've just been doing this thing where we email each other demos or text each other like little voice memos. And we're like, hey, what is this? Like, what does this remind you of? Like, does this Please work? translate this for me. Yeah, no, yeah. literally, we were texting, like, last night at, like, midnight, and he's like, I have no idea what I just wrote. And I was like, me neither, but it's cool. <laughs> I like it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, no, it but seriously, novel, sometimes that happens. Yeah. You know, like, you, you come up with some ideas, and it's like, this string of words is really nice, but I don't know what it means. And actually, like, one of my very favorite writers ever, Justin Vernon from Bonnie Vare, in an interview, he was talking about how Half the time when he writes lyrics, he he purposely does not care about making sense at all. He just likes the feeling or emotion that a word has, and mm. he'll just string together these like building blocks of emotion, and that's how he gets a line. So, like, if you go look up any of his lyrics, you're like, "What was he on?" Or like, <laughs> "What are you? What was he thinking? Yeah, yeah. what are you thinking about, man?" But it, but then when you hear it in the music, it's like, "Oh, yeah." That totally works. Well, when a string of words together in a particular order hitting you at a particular time mm-hmm. could be incredibly meaningful. And so that's why I think that those types of songs, instead of the ones that are just, and there's there's a lot of place for the songs that are a storytelling. That sure. Are, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, right? Mm-hmm. But the ones that are a little more ethereal or uh, suggestive yeah, um, or poetic in a way mm-hmm. um, can have a lot of meaning and a lot of impact on people as well. Yeah, and actually um, one of the bands that I included on my little playlist today, Pine Grove, one of the reasons I love them so much too is that a lot of their lyrical style is just kind of these vignettes of ideas. Even the songs themselves, like they won't even have like full form structure. It's like a poem that was just set to music, even if there's not a repeating pattern. And at first it's kind of jarring when you hear a couple of the songs, not the one I chose today because I was trying to get people into them. You feel me? But like, (laughs) (laughs) um, there are, there are some songs where the first time I listened to them, I was like, man, you lost me. And then I went back and there was something about it and I just keep listening to it. And I'm like, oh, like I I really get this now. Now I'm starting to connect. Yeah. Yeah. And now, um, just kind of as an exercise, sometimes I'll try to write in the style of somebody. And I had this one stanza that, Actually, I mean, I could read it now if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but, you read, you're writing in a particular style? Um, it was like, it, it started off as just this idea I had. And it, I, again, I, I kind of like dream songs and, and ideas and stuff. And I was just about to fall asleep. I was in that weird little twilight space between wakefulness and sleep. And I had this idea about my shirt getting stuck on a door handle. And I was like, wow, that's such a good metaphor for like being caught in between like... Two places, two places or, you know, yeah, like you're getting held back. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and the line just came and I, I threw it down into my phone and then just kind of stream of consciousness continued it. And then I was like, wow, that kind of reminds me of Pine Grove. And once I had my head in that space, finishing the line, I was like, whoa, that, that like, I usually I do this intentionally. This wasn't as intentional, but mm-hmm. it's cool. Um, but yeah, so the line or like the little stanza, which hasn't been set to music yet is, when my t-shirt gets stuck on the door handle and you laugh as I pull myself off and together and I'm fine just taking off, but you aren't because there's just so much more you want from me. And then 
I don't know what what that's going to be, but it's just like the phrasing of it just reminded me of them. And that's that's a cool thing to try to do sometimes, you know, to get out of your own ruts that sometimes you don't even realize you're in as a writer. So as an exercise, what you're saying is to kind of take um, a band that you like Mm -hmm. and a style that they have and try to write something in that sort of style or genre or vein. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a way to get out a little bit. And then in a melodical sense, too, a lot of the time I'll go just find a random song that I've never heard before and I'll play it up to a certain point and then pause it and then have my phone ready. And I'm like, here's what I think comes next. And I'll write to the song. And sometimes it's kind of funny because I get close occasionally. But uh, most of the time. I think this is where they're going. A diamond heist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like a Robin Hood kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't know, but that's actually... um, the song Giving You Up that I uh, sent in for you, like that's actually how the chorus of that song was written and where that song started. And that actually was like, it just happened too. I was listening to um, a really great kind of soul band called Lake Street Dive. And I don't even remember what song it was, but there was this like really powerful build up to the chorus. And I was like, no, I don't want to hear it because I heard a thing. And I like threw my phone and... Um, I just started singing the chorus to Giving You Up, and I was like, I got it, I got it. And I was like, I got to write this down, I got to get this down. And then I went back and listened to the rest of the song, and it's nothing like their song at all. Sure. But I was just like, wow, that is cool, how you can just totally not even expect a melody to slap you in the face, but then you get something and you're actually happy with it. (laughs) So was it because of the, it was the particular buildup, just that, the the adrenaline was pumping you were like into the song it was just the perfect timing for that yeah I, I i actually specifically remember the moment um it was like probably about a year ago and i was in my dorm at ucf listening to this song while i was cleaning my room like totally monotonous whatever and then uh, like there's just kind of a vibe that they captured in the song kind of like, like that old school swanky soul like where you're bobbing your head but you're also yeah. like I don't know, leaning really far back in your chair at the same time. You feel me? Yep. <laughs> and like, I was like, man, that's a cool, cool vibe right there. And um, I just immediately heard this like kind of doo-woppy Motown type of vocal in my head. And it was just giving you up. And I was like, ooh, that there's something really cool about that because it's so simple. It's, it's the same note. It's all rhythmic. Yeah. That's the whole hook of it is that it's just a rhythmic thing. And I was like, that's really neat. Um, but again, that's nothing at all like what the song itself actually sounds like by Lake Street Dive. I got to find the song. I'll reference it soon. <laughs> I like the idea of having these sort of random things, too, that you've written mm-hmm. and you don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. But then trying to, like, push them into normal day-to-day conversations. Yeah. Just to see if people will pick them up. And yeah. they'll become regular phrases. Ooh, like, that's I have cool. one um, wearing bread earmuffs doesn't make you a sandwich. <laughs> so I just want to get that into the day-to-day usage. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a saying we should have. I don't know what it means exactly. I just liked everything about that. No, I like that too. Yeah. I had a couple of friends in high school who tried to make top bunk a thing where it's like, dude, that's so top bunk. <laughs> it's actually better than mine. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I like that better. Well, here's the thing. I prefer the bottom bunk because I have to pee all the time during the night. And being on the top bunk, like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that kind of no. responsibility and exercise. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Good point. <laughs> 
So this is uh, Bed Talk with, well, that doesn't sound right. Never mind. With uh, Nick and Kat. This is Odd Numbers. My name is Nick. I'm here with Kat Ridgway. Uh, Kat Ridgway and the Tourists, that's your band name. It is indeed. And then you can learn everything you need to know about Kat at catridgway.com. Do you find you need to spell that for people? or? Yeah, actually, a lot of the time people think my name starts with a K. Okay. But it's with a C, like an actual cat. C-A-T-R-I-D-G-E-W-A-Y dot C-O-M. Starts out with an H-T-T-P colon <laughs> slash slash. And my understanding is the www dot is not required. I think you're right, actually. Okay. We should probably test that before we say No, it. I'm pretty sure because I, I, I'm lazy and I don't ever type that. Very good. Well, we'll be back in a few minutes. What, so should we listen to Pine Grove or should we listen to Lake Street Dive? Because you mentioned both of them. Ooh. Which would you like to listen to next? Maybe uh, we'll do Pine Grove and I'll try to find the actual song by Lake Street Dive that I was referencing. So, so people actually know what I was talking about. Okay, and this is a song called Rings. Why did you pick this one? Well, they just dropped a new record, and there was just something about the guitar part in this that really grabbed my attention. And again, the the freeformness of the song, I think, is just really interesting. Um, it's not something you hear often, but there's just enough of a melody that circles back around that keeps you hooked in, even if that's not your style. So... I just think it's a really well-crafted song for the type of song that it is um, and not something you hear every day. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we'll hear that on WPRK in Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by The Glitter End. Arguing, does it make you sad because you're always right? Add a new level to gloating with one or more tubes of glitter, but not just plain glitter, metallic confetti that actually has the exact answers to the argument you're having. Whether it's grammar, the year a movie came out, or the 17th president, the answer is glitter. Not the movie, that would be terrible, but actual glitter. Order now at toacertaindegree.com. And that was Pine Grove with Rings on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Good morning, my name is Nick. I have a very special guest, as I always do every week. Kat Ridgway is here. Good morning, Kat. What's up? No- nothing? <laughs> what? Oh, us? Oh, oh us? yeah. Like, Everybody what, listening. All up? the people <laughs> listening are up. We're talking about writing, the writing process. Uh, you just got back from the Wirewood Alpharetta Songwriters Festival. And yes. frankly, musicians to me, I've said this before on the show, are magical. Because <laughs> you can you can not only write and you can, and, and I've written a lot of things in my life, but I've never really specifically wanted to write a song because I think that, I think that there's a lot of people who do it better than me. Not that it's intimidating or not that it's sure. like something that I can't do. I just like, why would I? Mm-hmm. There's all these great musicians out there that are doing a great job at it. And I'm also constantly making up songs, mm-hmm. like just off the top of my head and annoying people. So I feel like now <laughs> too. it's too late. <laughs> it's too late to start seriously songwriting at this point in my life because people would just be like, oh, he's just making up another song. Oh, por que lo, no los dos? Yeah. <laughs> I annoy everybody that knows me. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. That's good to know. But as far as songwriting goes, uh, we're talking a little bit about your process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have shared a little bit already, but if you want to take us through um, one song that you mentioned was Oh Mary, mm-hmm. how that came to be and how it might change during the process. Like, you know, you, you start 
with a voice memo at three in the morning mm-hmm. and then it goes to and I'm especially interested in learning about how the music and the words come together yeah um that honestly that's the struggle I face very often because um I think there's kind of two types of songwriters there are people who are more melody driven and people who are more lyrically driven like by the idea behind the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am most definitely a melody, melody driven person um, where I'll be driving around and just have something flutter into my head and I'm like, oh, got to get that down. And then <laughs> actually the song Giving You Up, I had the entire song written, but no set of lyrics. And like my band and I are about to go play at Okeechobee Music Festival. And this we were like, a couple years ago? No, this is like this past March. Oh, okay. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, Kat, like you've been mumbling at every single rehearsal. And I'm like, I like, I'm going to write lyrics before we get on stage. It'll be fine. And we got on stage and I made up the lyrics on stage because I was like, oh, Never really got around to doing that, did I? Just because the melody was all I was really focused on. I was like focused on the arc of the song. Where is it going dynamically and what does it sound like? But it's like, um, I don't know. They'll they'll get written before it's recorded, hopefully. Who knows? So you wrote (laughs) and and your band rehearsed all of the parts, Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. Yep. You knew exactly where the song was going, how it was going to be played, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. No words for it. None. But yeah, the title. Um, yeah, because sometimes it's, um, you'll get a hook in your head where like giving you up, how I was talking about, it's like giving you up. That was, that was all I was given by whatever forces that be, you know? And, um, I was like, well, I I don't really know what that means, but I guess I'll just run with it. And it just kind of turned into this like sort of kind of like relationshipy sounding thing but like to be completely honest that's not really where i want the song to sit i was curious about that because giving you up could mean Mm -hmm. 82 different things right yeah it sounds relationshipy from what i understand from my research i did a lot of research on this last night many songs have to do with love which i was surprised (laughs) about but not more to do with you know like hats very few songs about hats. Yeah. Maybe that's a niche for you in the future. Yeah, I will definitely but, check into yeah, that. Yeah, but giving you up does sound like a, a love song of some kind. Yeah. Like a, I have to get away from you sort of thing. But it could mean something else. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm I'm still not really quite sure what that song is supposed to be about. It, mm-hmm. it hasn't quite spoken to me on that level yet. Um, I think when I start actually conversing with it it might let me know that that's the thing about songwriting though the songs will totally guide you by the hand where they want to go um you just have to be willing to listen and like just be okay with where it wants to go because sometimes as a writer you're like i want to do something like this or i want to use these chords or i really like this line and that's just it's not the song for it and you have to be okay with that and listen to it and accept it and like understand that the song itself, I sound like such a hippy dippy, but it's seri- like seriously. The square peg in a round hole type of yeah, situation. It, yeah. The song has a soul of its own and I mean, it'll, it'll tell you, you just, you just got to listen to the instinct and, and everything too. But, um, for me too, in particular, um, I have synesthesia, um, which is kind of like a cross wiring of the senses. So when I hear music, I see color shapes and textures in my head. And so that's kind of like an added instinct for me because sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll be like, okay, well the color palette here is kind of like purple fuchsia red. 
but this melody looks yellow and I don't like it there. And so it's kind of like, how can I rein the colors back in and make it look right? Because nine times out of 10, if it looks right in my head, it sounds right. Mm. Um, and once we got where we wanted to be with giving you up, I mean, it, I, yeah, I was kind of talking about that color scheme. It's like this fuchsia purple red, but then all the color notes and, and the melody turned into this kind of like purple blue color. And I was like, yep, that's, that's where we wanted to that's go. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't strike me as an angry song. No. Yeah. No, I, it, to me, um, it's, it's just really like soulful kind of, yeah. kind of has like a, a Motown type of vibe to it a little bit. Um, and I, I'm really curious to see how that takes shape in the studio. Um, yeah. I'm looking at, at being back in the studio for some, some type of new project. I haven't decided if it'll be an EP or a full record yet. Um, but hopefully or a spoken word, who knows? Yeah. Honestly, like I have, a, I have album. a couple of them. Comedy album. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a new blending of genres yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. It's Jazz gonna... fusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. Totes my goats. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really curious to see where that goes because we're, we're looking at starting, uh, the recording process, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, and that song, if I ever get the lyrics written, <laughs> I'm really, that's a song right there. If I, know, I ever right? get the lyrics, if I written. ever get the words out. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm just excited to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting though, because sometimes the melody is the story itself. Cause that song, um, which we probably should listen to that one next <laughs> just cause we've been okay. talking about it so much. Um, but that song really t- takes a, a real shift in the bridge where actually I remember I was messing with this song. I had the chorus, I had the verses and I was like, man, I, I really want to do something interesting here. And one of my buddies who's like very, very well versed in music theory was like, well, you, you could go to this chord. And I was like, oh, that, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And we played with it for like a full day, like hours were spent trying to figure this bridge thing out. Then we got the rest of the band in and a couple of other guys in the band are also very good with music theory. So we're all going around in circles and we're like, what's a good idea with this? I don't know, you know, and then. I was like, I think we're overthinking this, guys. I really do. And they were like, well, I mean, like, you you have the chance to do something really interesting here. And I was like, yeah, but maybe the interesting is, is dynamically. Maybe it's not the tonal, like, aspect of it. And so after everybody left, I started, like, messing around with this new chord that I had just learned, which I should have known <laughs> a long time ago. It's really simple. I think it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. It, it, the, the song is in the key of E, actually. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I think it was just a B7. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's my favorite bi- vitamin. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, I forgot to take that this morning. Yeah, no, that's why I'm just... Totally reminded me. Very mellow right now. <laughs> need some B7. I need more coffee. That usually wakes me up. <laughs> really? It doesn't seem like you're awake at all. Oh, really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> you have plenty of energy. No, I, know. I was going to say, like, wow, I, I tried to wake up early so I would have time to actually be awake by the time I got here. Oh, nice. Because I have to have, a, like, a solid hour in the morning of just, like, the, nothing. The flywheel spools up, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're working on the song. You're, you're taking your B7. You're trying that chord. Yeah, so I'm trying this chord, and I just started kind of driving on it. And I was like, oh, this is going to completely change. And um, 
as soon as I started messing with it and got it kind of in the wheelhouse of where the bridge sits now in, in the live version, I was like, this might be my favorite thing I've ever written. And I just remember feeling like I didn't even write it. And I feel like that a lot of the time. It just feels like the muse, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, just, it, just kind of like yeah. injects something into yeah. your brain and you're like, wow, look at, look at this thing that I was lucky enough to be part of. Like, that's really how I feel. It's like totally separate from you. Um, the best quote about that is um, Michael Jackson um, once said, like, to write a good song, you have to let God in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is so true. You have to be just open and let stuff channel through you. And that's how that felt. It was like water pouring through me. Like I didn't feel it at all, but then it was just there. And then I was like, Whoa, (laughs) that's really, really cool. And, um, I brought it to the band and everyone was like, yes, yes, that's what needed to happen. yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was so much simpler than what we had all been talking about. And I just think that's kind of funny because I really think simplicity is underrated in songwriting um, and if, if you, if you take these building blocks, the simple things, just, just interesting chords and rhythm, and you just pair them up where it's just interesting enough to be different, you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to go from a minor third to a major second to a blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be that crazy unless that's what you're going for. There's a lot of beauty in that too. Jazz sure. is great. Um, but it's like, you don't have to do that to make something really impactful. Yeah. 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 Um, and that song really proved that to me because I've always been pretty simple in terms of songwriting where I have a couple of songs where the verse chords and the chorus chords don't even change. Like it's just the same pattern the whole way through the song. But if you have enough variance in the melody, that's enough to keep it moving along. Um, and that's kind of cool too. That's almost a challenge sometimes. Cause you're like, Hmm, how many different things can I put over this pattern? Um, and yeah, I don't know. So anyway, that song just kind of... Are you going to answer that? How many different things can you put over? I mean, infinitely many. Sweet. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you can, you can I like the idea come up with all the things. Being able to complicate your creative process as much as possible. Because if my creative process is as complicated as humanly possible, then I think everybody should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so giving you up. We have the rehearsal demo. Do you want to play that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was um, when our band was rehearsing to play at Okeechobee Music Festival this past March. This was probably like right after I had finished writing the song. And you can hear like I'm probably just mumbling words. And at one point I miss a chord and yell about it. (laughs) But this was just um, to have as a frame of reference for us to go back and listen to because it was so new. Um, and since so then, just as a reference point, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and since since this was recorded, I think it's it's really really taken shape as a live performing performing song. So um, if you see the band now, it's a bit more polished and has a, even more shape than it does in this demo. But you can kind of get the idea. That's interesting too, because you're writing songs differently or a little bit differently for a live event versus going into the studio. Is that right? Um, yes and no. I, I have to say um, something that really changed my perspective on songwriting was watching this documentary with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. And he was talking about wanting an opening song where people were just jumping. And I was like, that's 
such a great thought process. And that's how he wrote the song Enough Space, which is super hard. And it goes like, and he was like, and the way I got the the time for it was just, I started jumping up and down and I was like, okay, so we're like here in like terms of tempo. And then he's like, so I was just sitting with my guitar, jumping up and down, trying to play. Cause I was like, if I'm going to be jumping, like, or if the crowd's going to be jumping, I want to be jumping too. So I need to be able to play it and jump at the same time. Right. <laughs> That's a great point. That's is how the what song are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing when the song is playing? Yeah, but it's like when you really think about it, what do you love the most about live performance? Like what makes you go to a show? It's the energy. Oh, the, yeah, the enthusiasm you know? and yeah. the feeling and the everybody there is on sort of the same page and the wavelength. Totally. And it's like if you start out writing a song with that mindset where you're like, okay, what is going to be fun for everybody? Because like... Yeah, the the songs where you're, like, bearing your soul, they're necessary, they're beautiful, and they're cool. But it's, like, a lot of the time they are slower or <sighs> there's just, like, not as much happening in terms of dynamic. An, an introspective song can be faster, but for the most part, you're going to get, mm-hmm. uh, you want, I think the songwriter wants to emphasize the words and the meaning and the tone and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit slower. Yeah, and so it's, like, for live performance, at least my philosophy is always, I just want to leave people feeling like jazzed. Like that's my goal. And so when we had this song and I was like, oh man, that, that way that bridge picks up, that's exactly where I want it to be. Um, and that's not to say I have a ton of slow introspective songs too, but yeah. that I mean, you just have that one. Yeah. It's called the slow intro- introspective, introspective song. song. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on the new record. That's good. Watch out for it. <laughs> but um, yeah, this um, that thing with Dave Grohl like really got me thinking like, huh, it's not weird to think of other people's reactions in the songwriting process. Obviously, that shouldn't be the motivating factor every time. But I want to I want people to buy this record. That's my only motivation. In writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's totally. That, it's all I, about the money. I'm not going to, yeah, buy into that. Yeah. That's actually, it, it's kind of funny. It's like, I don't write with that mindset like sure. ever, but when it comes to picking the songs that go on a record, sometimes you're like, huh, I think this one might be more accessible than this one. But sometimes your artistic stuff wins just because you believe in it. That's got to be tough in this day and age, especially mm-hmm. to put together the the list of songs for an album, mm-hmm. because very few people listen. I, I mean, I, I don't listen to full albums anymore. Hardly ever. Yeah. Because uh, I'm usually not in a position to do that. Um, and now my palate is very accustomed to just throwing stuff into the library, putting it on random and yeah. listening to it when it comes up. And it's always like a nice surprise when something new comes on that I haven't heard before and that yeah. really hits me at a specific time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that has to be an interesting challenge, especially now to put together a track list. Yeah, actually, it's it's something that I've really struggled with throughout my career because it's like if you listen to the Passenger Seat EP, there's a common thread through all of the songs, but that was kind of more of a... I, I didn't set out to make a record when we were making that record. (laughs) Um, I just had a handful of songs. One was like super singer songwritery. One was kind of uh, an experimental like electronic pad palette thing. 
Another one was like a folk song. One was like just a pop rock song. Like it's all over the place. And I look at the record and it works somehow. I don't really know how we pulled that off, but it does, I think. And um, moving forward, I was like, man, I really want the next project to be cohesive. I want there to be these like either thematic elements or sonic elements that just pull everything together where it's like this is a thing, like Mm -hmm. a collection of a thing. And that's definitely been more of the focus for the, the this next project that's coming up around the corner. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. So that's made choosing the songs kind of a different process this go round because it's like, okay, these two fit together. And also, again, with the synesthesia, I'm like, okay, well, these two songs are red and those go together. Passenger Seat actually was, was um, picked like that a lot too. I was like going for all the blue songs and that's why the cover's blue. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. And so, uh, so now we know. Yeah, in case you didn't know, I was I was just curious about that. I was like, why blue? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. right. And yeah. we just kind of stuck with the blue scheme, kind of all around the board, because a lot of a lot of my songs end up being blue or like purpley. Um, but this next record, I think, is going to be more purple. More um, on the purple side. Yeah, more on the purple side. Can we get some greens in there? You know, that's not a color I write, but I see it all the time. Like you know, Drake. Hotline Bling. That is so sure. green. That is a green song? So green. Okay. I'm just saying green because that's my favorite color. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. What else is green? Um, I have to think about that. Okay. But yeah, Drake, like overwhelmingly green. Over- <laughs> Drake, <laughs> if you're listening, and I know you are, just in case you were curious, mm-hmm. a lot of green. Nice mm-hmm. job. Thank you. You're very green. You've gone green. Drake. Oh, okay. I'm green. So I'm let's listen to Giving You Up. The rehearsal demo. Yes. Anything else you want to set up? Uh, obviously, again, this is just a rehearsal demo. We're just talking about the songwriting process. Yeah. So should we play um, one of your finished songs afterwards so people can sure. yeah. s- get a taste for what's uh, after that? So we'll do that. Uh, so giving you up on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by Sikkim. Tis the season for a lot of ill, snotty people. And when they show up for work, we all feel bad for them but we also want them to get away from us as quickly as possible. That's where Sikkim and our proprietary quarantine facility comes in. Heard someone cough? Call us. Did someone say bless you? Bless us, because now you won't catch that cold. Within 30 minutes or less, our specially outfitted Airstream trailer will be at your office, so you don't have to be Nero, patient zero. Your ill coworker goes in, and they don't come out until they are well. The Sikkim vehicle has multiple types of chicken soup, including vegan and gluten-free options. It has oxygen. We did test this out. And this version does have a way for them to breathe. And most importantly, there's Wi-Fi. So they can keep working. And they have to keep working. Sikkim. It's not an RV. It's an RVV. A recreational virus vehicle. Cat Ridgeway on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. Cat Ridgeway and the Tourists as uh, her band is known, and Kat Ridgway is here today. Good morning, Kat. Hello. Good morning. My name is Nick. Uh, you're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK. Uh, KatRidgway.com, if you want to learn more about Kat and where she's going to be, it's Kat with a C, mm-hmm. Ridgway with an R, and Way with a W. <laughs> That's a weird way to say it. Uh, but if you want to see Kat perform... Friday uh, at the Moon Cricket Grill in Winter Garden, Florida. She'll be there at 7 in the p.m. Oh, yeah. Not 7 a.m. Like no. this show. 
Correct. Most of your shows are at a normal human hour. Yeah. Not seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> and then Sunday, if you are looking for something to do, you want a little Sunday fun day brunch over at the Outpost Neighborhood Kitchen in College Park at 11 a.m. Yes. Which is still a much more normal hour yeah. than 7 a.m. I really appreciate <laughs> you getting up early, coming into the station uh, to talk about writing. Uh, we only have a few more minutes before the end of uh, this hour. we got to play some commercials and stuff. Uh, but we'll come back and you'll play a song? Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. So uh, talk to me a little bit about another song that maybe you've got stuck on and you're just, it's still out there. Yes. Because that's kind of the theme of today is just the writing process, getting stuck on something, um, going through and rewriting it a million times and still not feeling like it's, 100% there. What's something that you're working on that's in that yeah. vein? Um, so I have this song that I kind of affectionately call Oh Mary, even though I'm pretty certain that name is not going to stay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started writing this thing. It just kind of came to me, stream of consciousness. Um, and I have a, a just like a phone voice memo of it. And there was something about it that I just really was taken by. Um again the lyrics don't make any sense and i was like but there's something kind of cool going on here when did it hit you when did it come to you um i was just kind of hanging out in my dorm like sophomore year of college i like i remember the night and what i was wearing and everything it's so weird how like your brain will <laughs> latch yeah. onto those things um but yeah so here i am um a few pounds lighter <laughs> sophomore year of college wearing a charcoal gray tank top in my dorm and um i'm sitting at my desk and i i had gotten um a microphone for my mac so i could start doing little demos and stuff in my dorm and um i just started messing around with this super simple chord progression um and i was like huh it's kind of interesting and i just started singing over it just kind of in a soulful way it kind of reminded me of uh, again Bonnie Bear. I was listening to a ton of his stuff I think his newest record had just come out mm -hmm. um and I was just kind of in that kind of soulful kind of folky line that gets straddled and I was like this is an interesting thing and I showed it to one of my bandmates and he was like wow that you just went for it on that like and I was like wow thanks I <laughs> didn't think it was that special but then um I was thinking about the new record and everything and I was like you know th there's something cool about that song and about that melody and I want it to say something I want it to like really mean something and um back in high school I was a complete geek not much has changed but I started the Dead Poet Society and at your school yeah nice. <laughs> and um so I just remember I I was always trying and struggling and failing usually to keep up with writing something new every week. Cause I was like, this is my club. I founded it. I should at least be like writing, you know, but there is this one kid who was younger than me. Um, and every week he would come in with like 10 new poems or pieces, like pages long. And I was like, what, like, where is this coming from? This kid's like so gifted. Mm -hmm. And Unfortunately, like when I got to know him, I, I was like finding out that his father was abusive and there was just so, there were a lot of layers there. Um, but this kid was just so talented and so beautiful. And I kind of wanted to capture him somehow. 
And at the time I had to do this poetry assignment and I wrote this little poem. Um, and we can talk about this at the top of the hour cause I can go more in depth on it, but okay. I wrote this poem and, um, I really loved the way it read, yeah. but not out loud. It's one of those where it just, I feel like you have to read it for it to like really hit you. But then I was like, you know, it'd be really cool is if I could get this like in full form and put that in lyric form. And I have been struggling with that for probably four years now. Nice. <laughs> Three years, somewhere in there. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I just never have gotten it where I feel like it does that kid justice and I really want to capture it. And it's been very difficult. At the 10-year anniversary, that's when maybe you should consider continuing to keep writing it yeah. for another 10 years. Honestly, I want to send it to him be like, Hey, you remember hey, when you, you wrote like, this? yeah, like, Hey, this is about you. Please just <laughs> do the thing. Can you write yourself a song <laughs> for me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know? That's a good idea. Want to collab, the, bro? Here's the thing. <laughs> send it out to a hundred people. If only three of them get back to you, that's three songs you got. Kaboom. But we just solved songwriting. Uh, so let's hear Let's hear some commercials. We'll be back with Cat Ridgeway, and you're going to play us a song. Yes, sir. That is fantastic. Uh, so you're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Check, check, one, two. Hey, oh. Cool. So I'm going to play you guys a song called Aspen. Um, I think it's about three years old now. And it's gone through uh, a couple variations before we landed on the recorded version. So here you go. the train somewhere in Aspen mm, jumped on out miles left to go you could call it reckless abandon but I'm done only enjoying her through windows somewhere in Aspen dirtied my feet skin my knees I've been walking around with my thumb out hoping someone would pick me up no idea where I'll go now but I'm glad because trains don't want to be enough somewhere in Aspen dirtied my feet skin my knees coming to my aimless heart Lord lift me up I have no 
said, hey, oh, now, now, don't you wait, I'm coming round. I said, hey, oh, now, now, don't you wait. you away I'm coming round I said hey oh now now don't you wait I'm getting ground oh, turn my mic on wow has <laughs> anybody you. told you you should do this professionally <laughs> you're really good thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> we even did facebook live i don't know what anybody was saying hello. yes hello uh, thanks stuck. for tuning in whether you're on there or tuning into the radio either oh, a lot of cool. people okay. really hi yeah. thanks Say for hello. hanging out guys appreciate you all right so now we'll chat again you are listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Cat Ridgeway. This is the first time I've ever had somebody play live in the studio. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yes. Pleasure. So Thank that you. song was called Aspen. It was indeed. Oh, now my phone is playing. <laughs> right. Haven't had enough of it? Hush. Yes, I will <laughs> listen to that again and again. Uh, so that was called Aspen. That was from the latest record. Uh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's the first track. Whiskey. Oh, actually, yeah. Whiskey Lullabies was the latest thing I put out. That's a single, though. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that was uh, recorded up in Memphis. Talk about revisions. That song went through probably like, I, I think I rewrote that song about six times. Um, but that last song, Aspen, um, yeah, that was recorded up in Nashville. And it's about three years old now, I'd say. Um and yeah, it's it's like, I don't know. I think it's become probably the song I'm most synonymous with, like my name. Like people just seem to know oh, that song know that the song best. In particular. Um, yeah, which I, I probably because it's the one video I, I was able to do a music video for, but <laughs> I don't know. It helps. It helps. It so does having help. the visuals with the the music really does help people remember the song. Yeah. So my advice, you indie musicians out there, yep. get some college kids who are trying to do 
projects to do. And get uh, them to do the music yep. videos for you. There you go. All right. My two cents. That's good. That's sage advice. What about the writing process for that one? Was that particularly memorable in any way? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so sometimes you just kind of get a, an image in your head. And for me, it was just being kind of out in the wilderness out west with all, you know, the pine trees and the train tracks and the mountains and whatever. Just not here, basically. Yeah. Okay. And um, I was thinking about Colorado a lot. And I was like, Aspen is just kind of a, a nice sounding place, I guess. And I've never been there. I have no plans of going anytime soon. But I always joke that I really love the movie Dumb and Dumber. Um, and, As we all do. Yeah. It's a classic in my household around Christmas time. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just started thinking about the movie and I started thinking about the imagery in the movie. And I, I had kind of this feeling that I was trying to capture with the lyrics of just kind of like wandering and wanting to be free and like, you know, all naturey, hippy dippy out in, in nature. And <laughs> But at the time, were you feeling like you were you were stuck or you were like, uh, you know, in a particularly urban setting or something along those lines? Was it a reaction to something? I, you know, I don't really think so. I think it was more of just kind of like an appreciation song. Okay. If, if you will, um, kind of sort of just this, um, like I said, this vision in my head that I was just trying to kind of get into words, um, that was just different from my day to day life. It was Mm -hmm. just kind of this, this image I had. And again, sometimes the words just come and somewhere in Aspen just kind of shot out and I had the verse or the chorus of that song for a couple of years and I just could not get the verses where I liked them and it actually took again my writing partner Ben for him to hear the chorus and he's like that's really something worth finishing and I was like is it like he's like yeah it it is and I was like (laughs) Oh, okay. I, I guess. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that one. Like it's always been kind of a feel good song in my head. Yeah. And, um, he was like, you really should try to finish that. So I went through a couple of different versions of the verses. And when I finally got it where I liked it, I was like, Hey, what do you think of this? And he was just like, yes. And I was like, cool validation. Check the box. We're going in the studio. Has <laughs> having a writing partner, is that been helpful in terms of also telling you no? When something is not necessarily going in the right direction? Um, that's a really interesting question because I'm trying to think. Because one of the struggles, obviously, for a writer is you get into maybe you're posting stuff on Facebook or mm-hmm. you're asking the same group of friends every time. Yeah. And they want to be encouraging. Right. They want to tell you that you're doing a great job and they want to validate you and all of those things. And that's wonderful. But they mm-hmm. may not be giving you like real constructive feedback. Yeah. The interesting when I'm really thinking about it, Ben never told me no. Mm-hmm. He only offered options. And I think that's a really uh important thing in the creative process is that you don't shut somebody else down um because you see potential. So I remember when we first started writing Passenger Seat, I had the line where it was like, um, Gosh, how does that song even start? I just remember we. It was like, uh, oh yeah, I was like, God, it'd be nice if 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 somebody if somebody could help pass the time. So the line was, God, it would be nice if someone could help pass the time. And he was like, so this is from the female perspective of the duet, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And he goes, I think instead of saying God, if you say boy, 
it would be a lot more interesting because it would be like, boy, it'd be nice. But then it's also like You're addressing to, a boy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much more layered and interesting and cool and has like a lot of, it, there's so much more going on where it's like, not, again, not saying no to mm-hmm. what I had, but just, hey, what if? And I think that is very key to getting the best out of somebody that you're working with is rather than saying no to saying what if. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think we, we both kept each other in check too because I, there were a couple of songs where we, we started down the rabbit hole of one way to, to go with something. And I was like, you know, I just don't really feel like this one's working yet. Um, in particular, there was a song called Drift. Um, it's number three on the passenger seat record. Mm-hmm. And um, at first I was like... So it's a fast and furious... Uh, it's about <laughs> yeah. racing and Tokyo drifting. Yeah. Great. It's okay. the fastest song I've ever written. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's actually the slowest song I've ever written. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to a ton of Sufjan Stevens and you could totally hear it. And uh, yeah. Not known for his speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I was trying to explain to Ben how nuanced and, like ironic the name of orange blossom trail for the road is here like because of like what it's known for versus how pretty sure. it sounds like it should be oh it sounds like it should be great right yeah and so and he's in, in nashville so i'm trying to like explain this to him and i'm like i just feel like that would be something really cool to write about like just like that um that double facetedness whatever there's a phrase i was trying to come up with that i can't sure, remember that, that <laughs> entendre yeah you feel me um and so anyway, we were, we were trying to capture that and it just, it was not working for the song. And then he's like, you know, the, the phrase, the word that just keeps coming to me is drift. And so for like two days, we were trying super hard to write lyrics about water and it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And then one day we were just sitting in the studio, kind of in silence, <laughs> listening to what we had and just kind of staring at each other. And I was like, oh, Ben. You were right. It is water, but we were in the wrong state of matter. It's snow. And he's like, oh, my God, like a snow drift. And I was like, yeah. And then, boom, the song just happened. And that's what I was talking about earlier, where the song will just take you by the hand if you let it. We right. could have tried to force that to be about OBT, and it would have been the weirdest yeah. song ever. Yeah. But, like, it totally went where it needed to. And then we ended up writing the last part where it goes into this big, giant, choral production thing um we wrote some of that in the studio because we were like something else needs to be here and then we just threw stuff down but it was like it we knew exactly what needed to happen once we were set on the right trajectory it's pretty cool i, I still want the obt song yeah oh, i'm point. sure it'll happen eventually it'll, it'll come to you eventually yeah you need to hang <laughs> out there a little bit more <laughs> totally yeah start a studio down there mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a really good tons idea. of foot traffic yes yes <laughs> Why don't we play a song? <laughs> Thank you so much, Kat. Oh, of course. Uh, and of course, Kat Ridgeway, catridgeway.com, C A T Ridgeway.com on the interwebs. Uh, Facebook. Yes. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Twitter. All the things. Spotify. Yep. The, the other ones that we don't even know about yet. Yes. You're already there. Already. <sighs> so ahead of the game. Watch out for it. All right. How about some Sonia Dada? Ain't Life for the Living. This kind of reminded me of you when I was listening oh, to it. Oh, cool. So wanted to play this for you. This will be on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Woo! 
let me tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, The Last Straw. You're at work. You're starving and need something fast for lunch, so you pick up a sub. You barely chew it. You're so hungry. It was just there, and now it's gone. That's bad, right? No, seriously, that's bad, right? Because I literally just had a sandwich when I woke up this morning. Like, every morning I wake up starving, I make a Philly cheesesteak at... Well, forget that for a second. How about we slow that process down? With a straw! A sandwich straw! You stab it, and then suck out the sandwich. You get a little bit of everything, and now it takes hours to eat that sandwich. The last straw for your health. Sonia Dada. Oh, I'm away from the microphone. Sonia Dada on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Eat Life for the Living. I don't know if that's how they wanted it to be enunciated, but I think that's a good way. Yeah. Odd Numbers is what you're listening to on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My very special guest, Kat Ridgeway. If you missed any of the show, including her playing a song Woo-hoo. for us, uh, you can go to a website called toacertaindegree.com. The show will be up hopefully later this week. Sweet. And then you can listen to it. It'll be in podcast form, SoundCloud. You can subscribe if you want. I can't tell do you it. what to do. No, I can't I, I tell can. you what to do. You could t- say whatever you want. I can. So do we're it. talking about the writing process and things of that nature. <laughs> and one thing that I struggle with in terms of writing is trying to convey what somebody means to me. And so I wanted to talk specifically about musicians. So there were two that I was always trying to write something about because they mm-hmm. uh, they just struck me at a particular time. One is Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was back in the late 80s when I discovered sort of Queen and, you know, really grew to love them as a band. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the movie coming out too. Oh my too. God, same. And then uh, when I was into jazz, I worked over at WUCF for a while. Mm -hmm. That's how I was introduced to jazz. Uh, Roland Kirk, who Mm -hmm. later went by Rasan Roland Kirk, um, was just this wonderful, uh, amazingly talented musician, but he also had this tragic story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess Freddie Mercury did as well, but Roland Kirk, uh, blind from the age of two, Taught himself to play like over 40 instruments, um, had a lot of health problems, actually passed away when he was about 40 years old. Wow. But just remarkable. And he was just such a character that there were all these stories about him and everything else. So I've been struggling. I've always had um, uh, sort of uh, this chip on my shoulder that I have to write something about them so that, you know, in some way you're almost writing it so that they know even though they're both past, uh, yeah. what they mean to you. Right. Like that's important to me. So I don't know if you've ever tried to write something in the same way or there was someone that just held so much meaning for you, whether it was a musician or otherwise, that you yeah. wanted to write about. Um, I St. Vincent actually has oh, okay. been a huge influence on me. Um, it, it's funny because it's like, I feel like you don't really hear too much of her... Um, musical DNA in what I've made, except mm-hmm. for um, she was a huge influence on my song, Wake Up the Night, um, especially at the end. There's like this really chaotic, like almost fart sounding guitar. Um, and I was like, that is 1000% St. Vincent channeling through my body. So <laughs> thank you, Annie Clark. But um, yeah, I have, I actually have like a whole batch of songs where I was like, she is just so interesting and intriguing to me where mm-hmm. I was like, what, let's dissect this. What is going on here? Can we recreate it? 
and try to implement some of that later on because there's just so much happening in every single one of her songs. I don't know if you've really listened to her. Not a ton. I listened to the stuff that she did. She did some stuff with uh, David uh, Byrne, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And since then, too, like her solo work is just insane. Um, Very angular uh, and just interesting like unless you've heard it it's kind of hard to describe but they're interesting chord changes interesting rhythms just crazy stuff and anyway I was like in college and trying to figure out my musical identity which is something I'm still I'm kind of at a crossroads with because I write in every genre imaginable um but I was like okay let's try to figure this out and I have this thing that I actually am quite fond of and I would really love to finish it, but it's like very St. Vincent where like if we ever take it into the studio, I think we're going to need to figure out how to make it sound slightly less St. Vincent because I finally figured something out that sounded like something she would do. Um, But let me see if I can figure this out real fast for you. Okay. Um, So now, again, was this a a sort of a tribute to her because of her influence on you? Yeah, it was was like... um, Whenever I get really into an artist and I really enjoy what they're doing, Mm -hmm. I really want to understand what they're doing, especially if I can't really figure that out offhand, like just from listening to it. It's almost like a little dissection of their music and how they're doing it. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I was like, huh, this this weird kind of jazz chord. sounded kind of like something she would use yeah and but again very angular rhythms so i went from this thing it was kind of like swinging back and forth my body works i don't remember all the chords but it was weird but then it went into this thing where it was like are you all right are you all right yes god i swear i'm fine Lost your mind or found your blind? Oh God, I swear I'm fine. Living in a movie, recite what you were fed. Forced actors didn't sign up for it. And it was like this whole thing that just—it's kind of like almost whimsical, but again, yeah. really angular at, at certain points. And um, so anyway, I was just trying to like play with that kind of dynamic and all of that kind of stuff. And I felt like I kind of actually finally nailed it on the head with that song. I can't, I don't remember all the chords. I got to go back and listen to the demos and stuff and figure nice. it back out. But yeah. Well, I didn't want to put any added pressure on you, but St. Vincent is a big listener of the show. Oh so my God. yeah. Annie Clark loved me. <laughs> As we all say to ourselves sometimes, um, that's good. All right. Well, good. Um, anybody else that kind of jumps out of you as sort of a uh, maybe more classical, um, not classical, but uh, an older artist or somebody from the past that you, you listened to maybe growing up or something like that? Yeah, um, there's a handful. I mean, I think there's there's a lot. There are a lot of influences that you could probably pick out of what I have written. But in particular, uh, Whiskey Lullabies, which was a newer song. Um I remember in the writing process really thinking about Amy Winehouse a lot mm-hmm. um, and kind of in Alabama Shakes too, um, even though that's not quite as uh, old school. <laughs> but um, other than that, I have another song um, that 
I really would love to be like the centerpiece of an album. I, I, I've always really loved this idea I have for this song. It's called Vigils, and I really want it to be the album title for whenever it makes an appearance in a, rec- a recording of some si- sort. God, I can't talk. <laughs> the coffee's hitting too hard. <laughs> um, All right, I'm taking it away. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at the end of this song, it goes into this very soundscapey choral ambient thing where it's like ah but then I also hear like cello going like dum, 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 and it just sounds so Beatles to me yeah like you know like the how they would just get huge with the Phil Spector era of the Beatles yep. like just yeah that so like that's I mean who doesn't reference the Beatles though dad if you're listening you're welcome he raised me on the Beatles, and he's in his glory right now. Okay, look, so <laughs> they're going to be influential, and because they were one of the first, you're, something you're going to do is going to reference them yeah, in some way. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's definitely something that's been in my head. and um, Yeah, I don't know. So I've been getting really into Motown, too. There's a lot of cool stuff in Motown. Oh, yeah. 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 Like vocal arrangements. Oh my Lanta. Like that was the era when background figures became just as important or more important than the lead vocal. Oh yeah. They had to hold the person up. Yeah. And, and it's push like it all forward. Yeah. But until that time, like that wasn't really a thing. There wasn't a lot of uh background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's that's something I've been wanting to get more into too, is just vocal arrangement and like how do you really support what what's happening in the song with the voice um, and not necessarily the main voice. What I'm hearing is you're going to start a barbershop quartet. Yes. To really learn that process and all of the vocal arrangements and all that. Yeah. Okay. Catch us standing outside of Disney because I don't think I can, I don't think they have any female barbershop quartets at Disney. I think we could start one. We're going to start one. It's new. Yeah. It's new. It's exciting. Female barbershop quartet. I really like hats. So um, there you go. Hat music. Great. We were talking about, I was going to say. And the stripes. Say. Yep. Hats and Very stripes. Very slimming. Yeah. 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 Because if I remember correctly, they're vertical, not horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know a lot about fashion. I'll have you know. <laughs> well, mainly just stripes. Uh, so do you want to listen to the to <laughs> demo version? I, I mean, my parole officer says I don't have to answer that. <laughs> Uh, do you want to listen to the demo version of Vigils? Yeah, Since sure. We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Any other setup you want for this one? Um, yeah, actually, the um, the lyrical content um, when when Pulse happened, um, I was really shaken up by that um, because that's a community that's so near and dear to my heart um, that was affected, and I was actually almost going to be there that night. It was a really good friend of mine's birthday and we had talked about going there and then um, ended up just partying too hard and I fell asleep on my friend's couch and woke up the next morning and I was like, oh my God, like what happened? And um, so I don't I don't really get terribly political in my music. I don't like to um, divide people, but when there are things that I feel are blatantly wrong, <laughs> um, you know, I feel like it's worth uh, expressing. And um, so, yeah, Vigils is kind of um, uh, an homage to all the people that have um, faced turmoil um, in 
in terms of like society and mm-hmm. also gun violence and all of that kind of stuff. So um, just kind of my two cents. Um, like I said, I don't want to get terribly political. If you want to know my opinions, just listen to the songs, but <laughs> or talk to me over a cup of coffee someday. <laughs> and this is you, just you and the guitar or is it the whole band? Yeah, this, okay. is, this is just like a little demo kind of thing. And I don't even think I went into that whole soundscapey part that we were talking about yet in this demo because it's still... Um, very raw and very not done. Um, I only have really the first verse. I have a second verse kind of sort of cooking in the oven right now, but Mm -hmm. it's never gotten to the point where I was like, I really feel like this does um, justice to what I'm trying to capture. Um, So, because again, this is kind of more of a a serious topic and I want to make sure that I do it right. Um, And that has proven a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I would imagine that sort of maybe the inspiration isn't doesn't flow as easily for something where you're maybe overthinking yeah. the topic. Well, it's also kind of like there there's there were a lot of emotions that came with sure. that idea because yeah. it was like, you know, I was I was angry, I was like scared. Like I still I'm not even going to lie, like public spaces and stuff when there are a lot of people, I'm kind of like, yo, the world we live in right now is crazy. And it's really sad that you have to think about that kind of stuff, you know? Um, But I mean, like, back when I was at UCF, it's like you hear a loud noise in class and everyone, like, you can see the tension. Everyone kind of freaks out. Um, And that's just, that it shouldn't be that way, you know? And, um, yeah, so anyway, Vigils is kind of just sort of kind of a social commentary, but also, like, just a really um, emotional little, uh, I guess catharsis yeah yeah yeah, just yeah i don't know it was just kind of like a like thought piece almost Mm -hmm. you know just like hey here's kind of how i feel all right for what it's worth (laughs) and we'll hear that on wprk winter Mm -hmm. park florida you're listening to odd numbers cat ridgeway this episode is brought to you by cold dish have you ever eaten at a restaurant you don't have to brag about it disposable income must be great If you've ever had a terrible restaurant experience and a social media post or bad Yelp review just isn't enough, Cold Dish is here to help. Just pull up our app on your phone and request one or more of our service trucks to simply sit in front of the offending business. Why just sit there? Because there's service trucks from companies such as Acme Rat Feces Abatement, Frank's Murder Scene Cleanup Hose Rental, and Black Mold Camouflage Installation, Inc. Cold Dish. Your anger, our trucks, their loss. Download the app now at toacertaindegree.com. Wow. <laughs> Thank Very you. Nice. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, vigils, um, I, I kind of forgot to mention too, um, UCF is a really wonderful school in terms of inclusivity and everything. And um, I am fortunate enough to have a couple of transgender friends in my life and um, I went to Transgender Day of Remembrance a couple years ago, and I just remember thinking, that's really crazy that there is a day out of the year dedicated to memorializing trans people who have been killed. Right. Like, there's a whole community of people who are just targeted. And I was like, man, like, this is not going to be over until there are no more vigils. Like, that's got to stop. And so that was kind of where that whole idea started. And then, you know, when polls happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so much more than just the trans community, too. Not to uh, minimize their experiences, but, you know, it's it's a whole thing. We have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that, that song, um, 
you know, I felt like the the opening line to that, um, I remember on Facebook right after Pulse happens, one of my friends um, in the LGBT community posted, um, the air feels different today because there is none. And I was like, wow, wow. You know, and I was like, that's, I, I kind of need to use that, you know. Um, and so that's kind of how that song started and spiraled and stuff. <laughs> how do you, uh, it seems like this might be, the first of its kind for you in terms of uh, that deep of a meaning and that personal of a meaning and that mm-hmm. something as important or, uh, you know, is something you feel as important. Um, what do you hope happens? You mentioned that uh, you want it to be sort of the centerpiece yeah. of an album. So would that be a, a pretty serious album? Would that be, you know, if you look at the arc of an album, mm-hmm. which I don't know that people do much anymore. We talked a little sure, bit about yeah. it earlier where, do we really create or do songwriters and artists create for an album or do they create singles? Yeah. So how would you see that fitting in with an entire album? Um, production wise, I hear that kind of in the vein of like the strokes in their slower, excuse me, in their slower moments. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of earlier, I was mentioning, I'm kind of sort of at a crossroads of like my musical identity where I kind of have this like indie rock soul thing that we've been doing where there's, you know, the elements of Motown elements of like almost like Southern rock kind of stuff, like Alabama shakesy kind of whatever. Sure. That's fun. It's really cool. But then I also have like this really indie rock sound. That's like very, um, <laughs> I don't even know, like death cab for cuties slash vampire weekend slash surf rock kind of thing. Um, and so I had this, this vision of, vigils being like the indie rock record and i was just like the name vigils it just sounded right it just it's blue it just you know everything about it just felt right um but then it's also like that's a song with a lot of purpose and it's like i feel like when you have a a title track to a song if you're not going to listen to the whole record people are kind of like oh well this is the song they named it after so what is this and it's like i feel like since that is such an important song um to me anyway that if anybody were going to listen to one song off of that record, I think that would be the one. one. Um, so yeah, I, I think as an arc, I, I really want it to be the, the last song on the record because the last line is going to be, and that's all I really have to say. And I think that's kind of really cool because it's at the end of the record. So it's like, after you've heard everything else I have to say, it's like, that's all I really have to say. And it's like just a nice little bow on the entire record. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not really sure where it's going to fit with that, with everything else. Cause I don't know what else is going to be surrounding it. Right. Um, yeah, it's just kind of this, write those things. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of this, uh, this hazy blue idea just kind of hanging out there for me. Um, but yeah, I, I need to finish writing the song itself first, but, um, I think it's just, um, thematically it's stuff that I, um, I've kind of shied away from in the past and it's stuff that I, I would like to address in the future just because I think it's important and it's it's cool to be transparent. People get to know you better and I think that's a really rad thing. Well, you want people to connect with you on some level mm-hmm. beyond just, okay, there's this person, I like her voice. Yeah, exactly. Right. You want uh, you want that level of connection mm-hmm. or else you wouldn't be on all the social medias that you're on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slide in those DMs, let's be friends. <laughs> Nice. All right. What should yeah. we listen to next? Ooh. Um, you know, I'll leave you with a real curveball here. Um, track 21. 
Track 21. Track 21, yeah. Um, this is like, it's literally 30 seconds long. It's, I called it XX because it reminded me of the XX when I first started writing the guitar part. Um, but then everything else I threw on top of it, it does not sound like the XX at all anymore. I don't even know what it is. Um, but this is kind of sort of that other indie rock sound that I was talking about where okay. um, there, this one has a little bit more electronic elements that are happening, but you can kind of sort of get a vibe. But of what you're going for. Yeah. And I don't know, like I said, it's like 30 seconds. It's like a song at, and I've never been able to find out where it wants to go after this. And I'm almost like, maybe it's a 30 second song. Maybe that's all it is. You know what? This is an interesting concept because maybe we could crowdsource where it should be going. Yeah. So people let me on the know. radio could listen <laughs> and then contact you via the social media. Yeah, please, please. I Let's collab, bro. <laughs> I said it earlier. I meant it. But yeah, right. the, the one lyric that I actually, I think is actually really cool. That's it's very distorted. So I don't know how well you'll be able to understand it, but it's just me saying I've been working on my posture. Um, which I think is, I don't know. There's something that sounds so cool about that, right? Fun about that. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, but it was like, for me, that was kind of like a, I've been working on like having a backbone and like standing up for myself type of thing. Some, something I've always been horrible at in my life. Um, <laughs> just, I could tell. I mean, yeah. I'm just telling you what to do. Told you we're in writer's yeah. therapy right yeah. now. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was just kind of a thing I was, I was thinking about. And so I've been working on my posture. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was kind of a cool line. And like that's it. all it's, that's all it says really. All right. So we'll hear that on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. This episode is brought to you by a certified bad business idea called Presume. Presume takes your resume and turns it into a series of glossy photos with you at the center of the action. It's like glamour shots, but more career focused. The same number of feathered boas, though. Presume. Ooh la la. Schedule your shoot today at toacertaindegree.com. I know. Like it's, it's so short. Yeah. <laughs> That's but it's kind of cool. It almost sounds like it could be like an intro or like an outro to something. I don't know. Like, I don't know what that's going to be. You just do uh, like skits in between all your songs like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah actually, oh my gosh. Do you want to hear an idea for a skit that my friend and I came up with that I think is hilarious? Sure. Okay. So. Is it is it radio friendly? It is. It's There's very radio There's a lot of friendly. kids listening. Okay. Hello, children. Hello, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> do that. <laughs> but... um. Yeah. Okay. So I'm in Portland with my buddy Mars and there was a pie store called Random Order Pies. And I was like, dude, imagine like a Portlandia-esque scene where the person behind the counter is just randomly picking people like, you're next. Now you're next. Now you're next. And then she's like, oh my God. And Fred Armisen standing over in the corner <laughs> and he's just like, um, excuse me, like, Hi, I've, I've been here for three years and I'm very hungry. <laughs> and like we were talking about just going somewhere and trying to film it just because it would literally probably be as long as that song just was like 30 seconds. Uh -huh. But like imagine how funny that would be like with Fred Arbison. It's, it was like so Portlandia. Do you feel me on that? I do. And you yeah. were in Portland. We were. It felt right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. Nice. We've come up with a couple other ones since then. But yeah. <laughs> very nice <laughs> yep it's almost time to go it is isn't that sad i know i was i really enjoyed today thank you we'll so much for to, having you'll me. have to come back for yes sure. please so uh anything let's see we're gonna play another song and then we'll come back and talk about upcoming appearances yeah where you can hear more cat ridgeway mm -hmm. where you can get 
Cat Ridgeway merch. Oh, yeah. There are, I think, three things, at least three things available mm-hmm. merch-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need more. We're working on it. Okay, good. We are. Good. Got some posters now, too. Oh. oh. Moving up in the world. Okay, so we'll come back with that. Let's listen to some... I did like this uh, cover that you put on, so we'll play one of your songs, Lake Street Dive. Yes. Rich Girl? Yeah. Is that one? Did you pick that for any particular reason? Yeah. Um. So kind of how I was talking about how I have sort of this soul vibe that I've been chasing down one fork of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, there, This band, Lake Street Dive, is like very soulful, kind of old school vibes. And they did this amazing cover of Holland Oates, Rich Girl, that I heard a couple years ago. And I played the trumpet as well. That was like my first instrument, actually. And this version has so much amazing trumpet work in it. And I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) I have probably made the band listen to this uh, like at least 18 times where I'm like, can we get something kind of in this vibe? Cause it's really cool. (laughs) And like, I just love it. I just love everything they did with the song. I think they, they respected where it came from and respected how it was written, but they injected themselves into it completely. And it is fantastically done. And did Hollow Notes sign off on this, do you think? I would assume so, because, yeah. I mean, it's out on all the platforms. They probably had to yeah. get some kind of royalty from it. Okay. No, I mean, like, like they oh, actually... Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. They're good with it. I, I don't know. I would imagine Oats is fine with it. Probably. I Oats mean, is I, fine with everything. I don't know. Oats, if you're <laughs> listening, I know you are. You're a good guy. Thank you for blessing the world uh, with Lake Street Dive's version of your song. Yeah. And also the original. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I cover that song all the time. It's great. <laughs> it's just a cool song. Did you want to say that on the air? I mean... now you owe them money. Oh. Yeah. I, sorry, all the notes. Okay. I'll Lakes, send you a hundred bucks. Dive <laughs> on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. <laughs> You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode is brought to you by Besides Yourself. The CIA, the NSA, your internet service provider, hackers, fishers, credit card skimmers, Everywhere you turn, someone is trying to steal your identity, your financial information, and they are spying on you. You probably shouldn't go outside at all. Can Beside Yourself keep your identity safe? No chance. So why don't we give you someone else's identity? Fight fire with fire. In the basic version of our service, we give you an identity from another one of our customers. We switch identities every 60 days so no one really knows who you are. Need a security upgrade in your communications? Guess what? You're sending letters now. We reteach you how to write in cursive so no computer can scan your writing automatically. Order now and our technicians will install a phone booth near your home. If it was secure enough for the Sopranos, it's secure enough for you. Besides yourself, untraceable, untrackable, probably legal, open an account at toacertaindegree.com. Lake Street Dive on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm Kat. Oh, okay. Good. Hello. <laughs> Wait till I introduce you. Oh, gosh. That's sorry. just so rude. Sorry. Kat Ridgeway is here, my very special guest this morning. If you missed the show, uh, very good show, I think. Yeah, I, I'd in say so. my humble opinion, uh, because I had a great guest. Oh, uh, Kat was gosh. here. We talked about writing. We went through. You shared some demos with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really neat to see sort of the songwriting process. We talked about. Sure. You know, some of the frustrations we come up with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just really quick, 12, you promised 12 ways to overcome writer's block. You got three minutes. Um, okay. 
So, drink all the coffee. Drink all the coffee. Um, go for a walk. Go for a walk. Uh, eat healthy. Eat, eat healthily. Healthy. Really? Healthily. Yeah. Okay. That's a good Brain one. food. You know, Brain, gotta keep no, gotta keep your your point. mind clear. <laughs> uh, plagiarize. Yes. Great. Um, Does not seem like the right way to overcome writer's block, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Um, only write two words at a time. <laughs> the end. That's yeah. Yeah. See, you finished. I did. Amazing. Nothing more poignant than that. Uh, Cat Ridgeway, catridgeway.com, <laughs> C-A-T-R-I-D-G-E-W-A-Y.com. You're on the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Spotify, all of the things. Cat Ridgeway and the Tourists. Yep. Is the name of your band? Oh yeah! And uh, you will be playing this Friday mm-hmm. at Moon Cricket Grill. It was actually Grill with an E, and I actually put in E's on each. It's a Moon with an E, Cricket with two E's actually, and Grill with an E. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, Fancy, yeah. Fancy. Oh no, that's how I roll. <laughs> okay. Fun bad fact: puns, Bad puns are over on this side. Oh, I was going to say my cross country team in high school used to call me dad because I had the worst jokes on the team. Like that was low key a nickname that I had for a minute. Great. Good to know. Uh, (laughs) Sunday, you're playing brunch. Yeah. At College Park Mm -hmm. in College Park at the Outpost Neighborhood Kitchen. That's at 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. So mimosas. All of them. And Cat Ridgeway. Yes. Bottomless mimosas. Wait, you're not drinking, are you? Um, I actually, no, I, I don't like to drink when I play. Just I fun facts. Like, not that I'm, a, I, I love alcohol. Don't get me wrong. I like having a good time, but, um, not this when I'm playing. This is also an intervention for yeah, Kat. I, I know. I t- hey, I told you it was writer's therapy. Like, yeah. that's why I'm here. Yeah, I just came. Really You're really idea. understanding. I appreciate you. I am here for you, <laughs> mainly for the ratings though. Interventions on the radio. <laughs> There's nothing better. All right, Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. Oh, uh, man. Okay. Anything else? Anything else we should be looking for or listening to or looking out for? Yeah. Um, my band and I actually just got in the competition for um, 101.9's Florida Man Fest. Um, it's a big music festival and bands like Weezer and Rainbow Kitten Surprise are playing. Two of my favorites right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if you guys feel so compelled, check out all the bands. There are a bunch of amazing people um vote for them vote for us like so vote for us for local bands <laughs> yes they're looking for this festival yeah one local band to come play um it's gonna be super amazing um opportunity for somebody uh, hopefully it'll be for us um but yeah give us a listen you go to 1019's website um they have a link for the competition and give us a cheeky vote if you like us and um hopefully we'll we'll get to come play the little battle of the bands there's a I think it's the top three bands get to play at the social on October 25th. um, And it's kind of a a battle to get to play at the festival. So regardless of if we make it or not, you should go to that because local music is amazing and everything deserves your support. Um, But yeah, if um, that'd be really rad if you could give us a vote, just saying. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I would suggest you go and vote. Yes. Every time you get a chance to vote, you should vote. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Yes. I'm Canadian, so really, I don't fully understand your American systems mm. and customs. That's why you're so nice. It is why I'm so nice. Oh, wow. That makes so much sense. No, no. I'm also Greek, so I'm very duplicitous. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that on the air. 
I'm going to cut this out of the podcast version. Cool. No one's listening do to me. Do what you got to do. Talk about how Actually, super fun fact. I'm totally going to just give your country props for a second, but Canadian indie rock is the best indie rock. Okay. God bless Canada. You have given us Broken Social Scene, Arcade Fire, Tegan and Sarah, Stars, Hey Rosetta, like all the best bands. Okay. Thank I'm you. I'm not going to argue with that. So why I we love play, Canada. I was going to play a different song, but now I'm going to play a Canadian. Uh, this is Sam Roberts. This Wreck of a Life. Awesome. <laughs> On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you. And I'm sure we'll speak again someday. Cool. Just let me know when. All right. Well, that works out well. Uh, <laughs> you've been listening to Odd Numbers. S hours coming up with uh, Smarketing News. And yeah, that's it. I couldn't think of anything else. I'll release you back into the world, Kat Ridgeway. Oh, thank you. God, it's been so stuffy in here. Yes. Yes, it's <laughs> no, mainly me. I'm just kidding. That's, I'm also Greek, so there's a little <laughs> muskiness to it. Uh, Sam Roberts, This Wreck of a Life. Oh, Canada. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. That was Odd Numbers. If you want to hear more from Kat, visit catridgeway.com, C-A-T-R-I-D-G-E-W-A-Y.com. She has music for sale, links to her growing social media empire, and most importantly, a list of her upcoming shows. Live music can be transcendent. It's a springboard to your own inspiration, and it's incredibly important to support local artists like Kat. Go out and see a show right now. Get out there. You're still here? Well, let me know what you thought of this episode. I don't know where my voice went up so high. Find me at toacertaindegree.com or email me nick at toacertaindegree.com. I want to hear from you. That sounded Dracula-ish.